Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. I'm Stacy Blackwood with my co-host Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing today, buddy? Doing good, man. Just ready to to hit this SEC Championship game, man. Oh yeah, I can't. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great matchup. Sure is. Uh, this is kind of going to be our you know SEC Championship special from the podcast, and uh, we're we're excited about it. We, uh, it's uh, it's been a long week. It seems like it's taking forever for the game to get here, but it's just yeah, a, you know, it's just a day away now. So we're excited about that. Uh, you know, and a couple things that we want to kind of talk about the game and, and the matchup and and what's interesting to us about it and what we think may happen in the ball game. Uh, you know, to me, there's the the one key factor in the game is. Will Georgia be able to generate a pass rush on Tua? Right, and and that Georgia defensive line has not had, you know, that great of a pass rush this season, and 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 we all know that when Tua has the opportunity to step up in the pocket and has time to go through his progressions, that he is deadly <laughs> with the football. Yeah, he is. He, he can spread it out to to a multitude of receivers, and. uh you know, they're all capable of making making a big play and making a huge impact on the game. Yeah, and, you know, talking about Tua's arm, but you also got to remember he also got some speed as well when he runs. Um, you know, uh, we was watch, I was watching some footage from the uh, Auburn game, and, uh, you know, they, they tried to close in the pocket on him, but they left they left some, some gaps open for him to run through, and, and that's the thing with Tua – you know, if he gets outside the pocket, he's still got his eyes downfield. And if there's nobody open, he can take off and run with it. But if there's somebody open, he can get the ball to him or, or direct them where they need where they need to be at so he can throw it to him. So yeah. I mean he's he's got good downfield presence and uh, you know, he's he I you know, he he's a big a major player, you know, but my X factor is gonna be I think uh Jacobs. I mean he when when he runs, he runs like a madman. Just wants a barrel roll of somebody. I mean, he'll he'll knock your head off. He I forgot who the guy was. I can't never think of the guy's name for Auburn. But he, I mean, he just laid him out the the other day. You know. Yeah. So the, I think Jacobs is a battering ram. He uh, yeah. he runs so tough. He, he plays so physical. He's probably one of the better blocking running backs in the open field in college football. Mm-hmm. You know, I notice a lot on, on, on Tua, Tua design runs and on jet sweeps, other players, Josh Jacobs is usually the guy leading leading the pack. Oh, yeah. Along, along with a pulling tackle like Jonah Williams or, or Jedrick Wills. Right. But, exactly. uh, you know, it, it, you kind of gave the X factor as Josh Jacobs, and, and I'm kind of going to go like a double uh, X factor. I think the tight ends for each team yeah. to play, play a huge role. These are two of the better tight ends in the country. With Irv Smith Jr. at Alabama and, and Isaac Nada in Georgia, they're both really talented uh, receiver receiving tight ends, and, and they're capable of making big plays down the middle of the field. And, and you know, both guys have had really good years. I think Irv Smith has had had a spectacular year. You know, a lot of a lot of experts think he'll be the fir- he'll, thinks he'll be the first tight end taken in, in uh, next year's draft. And he, he is only a junior this year, so he could come back. But you know, if he's going to be a first round pick, then you know that's probably he probably needs to go ahead and move on and make his money. Correct. But but I think that's a, that's a something to watch. Uh, you know sometimes the tight end's forgotten across the middle of the field, and uh, so I could see 
one of those two guys uh, making a big contribution for their respective teams. Uh, you know, there's a lot of – you know, we could go back and forth position by position because, I mean, I think Alabama and Clemson and probably Ohio State, I know they don't play like it all the time, but they're the, mo- they're the most talented teams, Yeah, you know, in, in the country. But Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson just play with more consistency than, than what Ohio State does. Mm-hmm. But uh, to me, I, I mean, this is just kind of my personal feeling. I feel like the national championship game is being played tomorrow instead of just the SEC championship. Yeah, I, I, agree. I truly believe that the winner of this game will probably, you know, I, I think Alabama would still have an outside chance of, of making the playoff, uh, depending on how the game went and how the other uh, games fell. But, uh, you know, I, I believe that Alabama, obviously, I think Alabama's going to win the game, not to, not to get ahead to the predictions, but I think the the winner of this game has the upper hand as far as winning the national championship this year because I think Clemson and Georgia are, you know, 2A and 2B. I still think Alabama's the best team, but Georgia's obviously going to be the toughest test of the season so far for Alabama. Right. And obviously Alabama's going to be the toughest test of the season for Georgia. So there's there's a lot of things to, and variables to look at in this game. You know, you know as far as matchup wise, I think Alabama's offense is better than Georgia's yeah. offense. I think Alabama's defense is better than than Georgia's defense. Now, I think it's clear that Georgia has the better special teams unit. Yeah, uh, you know Alabama does have a great punt returner uh, in, in Jalen Waddle, but you know Georgia has a great returner as well in Nicole Harbin. He's 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 as good as there is in the country. Yeah. And and along and Rodrigo Blankenship is is as good a kicker as he is in the country. So, I do think that Georgia has the advantage in special teams, but I do believe I think it's pretty obvious that that Alabama has the advantage on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, Jake Fromm, he's a uh, he's he's a, an elite quarterback himself, you know, and uh, uh, he's he's pretty- really underrated to be honest. Hey, he, he is. He is. Uh, he does not get enough credit for for what he's done for that program. Right, and and then running backs for Georgia. I mean, that to me, that's going to be well. We we've got to shut down their. I mean, they got three or four running backs, just like we do, and I feel like we've got to shut them down. And uh, I mean, we we kind of picked it up the second half last week against Auburn, but but the first half they was going right up the middle, which we see Alabama stop running plays right at the middle, but Auburn was getting penetration, getting four or five yards each time and kind of concerned me, but they straightened up in the second half. But, you know, if, if we can limit Holyfield and Swift down, uh, I think, and get get it to in uh, Jake Fromm's hands, I think he might make a mistake or two. And, uh, but another thing to me uh, that I love about this Alabama team is we've seen it for ever since Saban's been down there, but but not only are our receivers, you know, fast and they're—I mean, they're—they catch real good, but they also get downfield and block. I mean, um, I forgot who it was that had a uh, during a touchdown or during a run for a touchdown the other day. Uh, uh, oh, Ruz was right, right, right down there blocking for him. I mean, and I mean, yeah, I, hey, but both of these teams have receiving cores that are, are willing to block down the field. Yeah. And, you know, help spring big big plays for the running backs. Yeah, and that's but huge. uh, yeah, and and that's that's something that's hard to get some wide receivers to buy into. Right, is the physicality part of the game. Yeah, 
But, uh, you know, like you said, you mentioned with, with Georgia's running backs, you know, DeAndre Swift and Elijah Holyfield are as good a one-two punch as there is in the country. Yeah, definitely. You know, I don't think they're quite the Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle combination. Mm-hmm. I do think – I mean, I, I don't know that they're quite that good, but they're close. I mean, it's – you're splitting hairs, I think, when, when you compare – when you compare those du- uh, duo running back combinations, and yeah, you know, uh, both of them are real close to a thousand yards. Swift is in the nine hundreds, and and Holyfield's in the eight hundreds, and you know the, it's just it's really hard to contain them. They they got a big offensive, physical offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they've had to shuffle around guys a lot this year with with injuries, and you know they got a they got a mauler and true freshman Cade Mays. Yeah. But, you know, they're starting right tackle. Isaiah Wilson's a monster of a human being. He's like six, seven, three, fifty, or you know, somewhere around in there. Yeah, just man. a big, just a big man. You know, so they, you know, they're going to be able to have a little success in, in the running game, I believe, tomorrow uh, mm-hmm. against Alabama. Uh, you know, but I, I think as long as Alabama, and I know Alabama fans are not going to like hearing this, but I think it's the 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 reality of it because Georgia is a is a great football team. I think if Alabama can hold Georgia between 150 and 175 yards rushing and they run it about 40 to 45 times, I think that's that's good for Alabama. Yeah. Because they're not going to be able to win the game rushing it 45 times for 150 yards. Right. If, if they're rushing it 45 times and they get in the 200s, that's a different story. Yeah. But I, I think Alabama needs to force – Jake forced the game into Jake Fromm's hands. I agree. And to try, try to make plays with his receivers, you know, I I don't think Georgia's receivers are uh, are just you know what you would call game breakers. Uh, uh, Ridley, uh, he he's a decent guy. He's not just spectacular. Uh, McCall Hardman, he's you know he's he's a decent receiver and he's a great return guy. Yeah, and he's great with in space with the ball. But as far as you know, getting open and. And, and making big plays that way, it's just it, they're few and far between for the Georgia receivers. Yeah, but uh, and I do think that Alabama has the advantage in in the uh, in the secondary with their, with Alabama's big corners. They're able to press up and play man coverage, and I think that would kind of the one thing you do have to watch now is is to me. I don't know if there's a quarterback in college football that throws a better back shoulder ball than Jake Fromm. Yeah, he is so accurate with that back shoulder throw. And his timing so so perfect with those, so that's something to keep your eye out for. And it's there's just so many things in this game that I'm excited to watch. It's just going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, before we get to our predictions, uh, I wanted to want to get your take on something. I'm going to uh, I'll say with this in a second. I'm going to give you my opinion about it too. But uh, you know, Maynard for for Alabama is going to be missing the first half, but he's he comes in the diamond nickel package. Um, so we got to we got to have a new guy in there because of uh, the targeting penalty. But you know, you talking about Jared Maiden? Yes. Yeah. And uh, my my feeling on the targeting rule is, you know, to me, when when you know you're always taught from a young age, from pee wee ball all the way through high school to college, that you got to get loaded to tackle a running back, whoever you know, and. And whenever a running back, wide receiver, quarterback lowers their head to take the blow and you hit them in the head, I don't say how they're defenseless. That's just my opinion. But to me, they initiate the contact. It shouldn't go against a defensive player. That's just my opinion. Well, I, I agree. I agree with your with your your kind of 
thoughts on on the defenseless player and all. I mean, first of all, if you're on the football field, you can't be defenseless. Yeah. You know you're going to get hit. Right. That's part of football. Yeah. They need to come up with a different word. Yeah. But uh, but as far as the the Jared Maiden incident, you know, kind of itself, that that was the clear cut rule of targeting. The uh, you know you'd mentioned you know you got to get low to you know to have good leverage and to make a good hit and a good tackle, mm-hmm. but you also got to see what you hit. And Jared Maiden had his head down. His, yeah. his eyes were looking at the grass. That's a good point. So that's, you, you got, you got to get that. You can't allow that to happen. Right. But as far as the rule about players having to sit out games and being thrown out games, I don't like that part of it. Yeah. I didn't like it when the whole Devin White thing was going on, but that's the rule. So you got to play by the rules. Right. And you know, it's, it's next man up. And, and, you know, the senior from Florence, Alabama, Keaton Anderson, yep. he's going to have to step up and play the first half. And, you know, the good thing about that is he's an experienced guy. This is his, fourth or fifth year. I can't remember if he's a red shirt guy or not, but you know, he's been in the program at least four years now. So he knows the system. He knows where he's supposed to be, but now it's about getting on the field and making plays. Right. It's, it's his opportunity to be the next guy up and, and to, to kind of prove his worth. You know, I think he's been a great special teams player his whole career down there. So I expect him to, to, to fill in, you know, admirably. I think he'll be, be fine back there. I do too. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, going to be really exciting to see, you know, kind of how what the game plan is for each team. It, you know, is Alabama going to come out aggressive? And I feel like they will because, you know, that's that's one way to take Georgia's run game out of the scenario is, is to get an early lead. Right. And I think that's going to be the, the, the key to the game and kind of how how far into the game that it stays a ball game, if you catch what I'm trying to say. How, you know, if Alabama jumps jumps ahead, that makes it harder for Georgia because they rely so much on DeAndre Swift and Elijah Holyfield to carry that offense. Uh-huh. So, you know, if Alabama jumps out early, it'll, it'll be harder on Georgia. Yeah, you're right. And, 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 you know, it's, it's the, it's vice versa for Georgia. You know, they need to, they need to, if they get the ball first, they need to have a control game. They need to keep the ball away from two and in the Alabama offense. So it's, it's going to be a cat and mouse game. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it has a chance to be, you know, one of the better games of the season. Uh, but, I, you know, we're going to move on to our predictions now. I'm going to let Jake go first and kind of get this, his real quick synopsis of how he thinks the game's going to play out in, in, his, in his final score prediction. Yeah, uh, I'm sitting here looking at the uh, the line for right now, and uh, it's a 13-point spread right now in Alabama's favor. And, and I think I think it's going to be around that. I think I think Alabama's going to win by at least two or three touchdowns. Uh, you know, I I just feel like overall Alabama is the the superior team here. I mean, Georgia's got playmakers. They got a great coach. I mean, he's he you know coached under Saban, so I mean he's uh, he he knows what Saban does. But I you know talent wise, Alabama is is few you know far ahead of everybody else and um i i'm thinking the the game you know i think the first first half like you said cat mouse game it might be close at halftime but since that second half alabama just you know comes out and they just play and, and blow everybody out so i think uh i think you know like i said it'd be close at halftime but alabama's gonna win i think uh 38 21 okay so you know i i do i mean i i I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I don't agree with that Alabama is, is far, you know, as far superior as far as talent goes. I think 
Georgia has, you know, pretty much the same amount of talent as Alabama. I mean, you're you're starting to split hairs, you know, when you're talking one or two different type of players. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Alabama has Tua who has kind of transcended the position of quarterback at Alabama. Right. But uh, you're you're really, you know, kind of stretching it when I, when you say the Alabama is, is just so much more talented than Georgia. I think Georgia is one of the most talented teams in the country. Mm-hmm. But I, the difference to me for Alabama is Coach Saban. Yeah. So that's that's the difference between Alabama and the Clemsons and the Ohio States and the Georgias of the world right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm moving on to to my to my, uh, to my prediction. You know, I I feel like the last couple of weeks, you know, against the Citadel and against Auburn, Alabama didn't have the start to the game that Coach Saban would want or that the team would want. They could right. have come out lethargic and you know, not really not really having a pep in their step to start the game, and they've really turned it on in the second half. Right. I, I really see Alabama putting a good 60-minute football game together and playing one of their most complete football games of the season. And that doesn't mean that I think they're going to just completely blow Georgia out of the water because Georgia has a lot of talent, and they can kind of play with Alabama. But as far as execution – and precision goes both offensively and defensively. I feel like Alabama is going to play a, a solid 60-minute game. Mm-hmm. I think Georgia's obviously going to come out ready to play. They kind of got revenge on their mind after uh, losing a heart, in heartbreak, heartbreaking fashion in the national mm-hmm. championship game. Yeah. Uh, so that, but you know, emotional can only carry you so far. I do think Alabama gets a hot start. I think Georgia's fighting their way back the whole entire game. And in the early to late, mid, early to mid fourth quarter, Alabama kind of breaks their wheel, pulls away, maybe gets a couple more late scores, and I'm going to say Alabama wins the game, 41 to 20. Oh wow! All right, so we're about we're about right there together on a prediction wise. So, yeah, I, I just feel like that over the course of 60 minutes, I think two will play the whole game. It's just a little too much for Georgia to to uh, to keep up with for you know, the entirety of a fourth quarter and uh, or of a four-quarter game. Right. But, but you know, and, you know, like we, we say it every week, anything could happen. You know, that's the beauty of college football, especially right now there's so much parity. I know it don't feel like much parity to other, other teams across the country because Alabama has been in every playoff. Yeah. <laughs> since the inception of the playoff. Correct. And they've won it. I think this is – they've won it three – is it – no, they've won it. Two of four years, is that what it is? Or I think so. <laughs> yeah. And uh so you know, it's just uh it's just crazy to think about. Uh it kind of seems like Alabama and Clemson are, are destined for another match in in the college football playoff. Yeah. But you know, that's all we have for today. This is our SEC championship, you know, special on the double double coverage podcast. Remember to give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, at double cub underscore pod you can follow myself at blackwood 89 jake tell them where they can follow you at uh jth double cover one yeah so so give us a shout on twitter you know uh if you like what you hear if you don't like what you hear uh give us some talking points uh give us your thoughts and your analysis of the game or any conference championship game for that matter uh and we just look forward to hearing from you we're really enjoying doing these podcasts. We, I know we say that every week, but it's just a lot of fun to do this and it share is. our love for, for college football and for sports in general. 
with you guys. We appreciate the support, and we hope you all have a good weekend. See you all.